Help us keep the music going. Welcome to the Music Room, the podcast dedicated to keeping music alive in primary and elementary schools throughout the world. I'm Mark Lee, and I'm passionate about ensuring that schools provide an environment where children are given an opportunity to foster a love for music and have a chance to express it. Together with my guests, we're here to help teachers and parents by sharing information, tips and techniques from music education experts and practicing music teachers. So let's get into it. The Music Room Podcast is proudly sponsored by Bushfire Press. Ah, welcome to our humble little podcast, episode four. We're going to be getting into puppets and props in the music room in this episode. And we have, as our special guest, Tamara O'Brien from way up there in sunny New South Wales. Hello. <laughs> now, being from, we, I'm, I'm broadcasting <laughs> this from uh, the, uh, the beautiful Dandenong Ranges out of Melbourne. And uh, I'm speaking to Tamara, who is in French's Forest in New South Wales. Where is that exactly? So in Sydney's north, the north of Sydney, so not far from the beaches. Oh, that's sounding, sounding better already for, for uh, the, the last <laughs> vestiges of winter here in, in Melbourne. Spring officially, but it still feels <laughs> a bit wintry down here. Now, um, yep. that's the first question you, you ask if you live in Melbourne is, what's the weather like up there? <laughs> Today it's beautiful and sunny, um, but I hear we've got some rain on the way, which which is probably a good thing because uh, I think the gardens could do with a bit of rain. Okay, well there you go. Uh, that's the weather report, and we could probably now get into some puppets and props. So, what started you on your puppet journey, Tamara? Oh, um. I think uh, I, I I know I've said this story a, a couple of times, but I think uh, my first year of teaching, there was two girls that were doing a talent quest at my school and decided to do something with some puppets. And uh, we couldn't hear them. There was in a big hall. And um, so somebody gave me a microphone and said, can you give it to the girls so we can hear what they're saying? Um, the whole school was watching and, you know, it was the end of uh, end of term four, I think. It was somewhere towards the end of the year. So everyone was quite relaxed and watching. And uh, so I ran up and said, girls, you need to use the microphone so we can hear what you're saying. They're only in kindergarten. And uh, I gave them the microphone and they just put it straight in front of their puppet that they were working. <laughs> and the puppet, you know, they thought that the puppet was speaking and, and it needed the microphone. And I think, you know, everyone thought they were just adorable. Um, and it just really struck me how children um, see puppets and, and the out-of-body experience they have with them. And I just thought, you know, that there's something here, I think, that it, children just really enjoy and it, it speaks to a different level, I think. So I, I think that just sort of piqued my interest right from the beginning, really. Now, but, yeah, I... I remember that the most uh, enjoyable part of puppets was the fun I got out of it as a teacher. I absolutely <laughs> yeah. loved the chance to use a puppet, but I didn't use them terribly well. And I had a sock. <laughs> <laughs> this was the extent uh... of my puppet making. I had a, it was a white yeah. sock, you know, a white sock. It was a jig yeah. sock. And, um, yeah. you know, how you push the, uh, the toe in between your fingers and your thumb to make a mouth and so on. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the yep. beginnings of Sylvester the Sock. 
And uh, <laughs> my wife very graciously sewed a couple of buttons on. And then she found a little oh. hat from a, a toy and she sewed that off. Yeah. So Sylvester kept getting added to, uh, which oh, the kids really liked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But my, oh, they, they would too. And one of my only tricks with it, though, was, uh, was to open and close the mouth when I wanted uh, the kids to sing in their heads. Uh, ah. what's, what's that called again? Uh, well, fancy word I use is called audiation. Oh, I love it. Um, but it's, yeah, basically a process of inner hearing. Yes, inner hearing. Audiation, yeah. that's brilliant. We'll all use that from here on in. <laughs> uh, and sound very important at our, at our dinner parties with our hands up our socks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds like but, sounds like a real hoot. <laughs> so audiation that that part's really easy because you're you're mm -hmm. just uh, you're singing away rain rain go away and then the the puppet starts to sing it and the kids sing it yeah. in their heads. That's the way. Is that the way you do it? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. So um, it's just I, I I use something called magic clips as well, um, which. I picked up in one of my preschools and it's the same thing. It's where our lips move and no sound comes out, a bit like magic. So <laughs> I'm asking the children to to hear it in their heads, um, you know, and, and, yeah, it works the same way. So, yeah, it's, it's a good little trick to use. <laughs> now, if you're starting out and you've, uh, I mean, we've all got socks we can use, but are there other sorts yes. of things that we can find lying around the house to use that are really easy and take almost no preparation? Uh, yeah, well, um, I don't know about lying around the house, but certainly, you know, in not too expensive in shops and things. Like I use a lot of buttons and um, ribbons and things like that, which are fairly easy to get hold of. So um, what would you do with but, buttons? So depending on um, the activity, but I, I like to use big, bright coloured buttons and songs that sort of encourage the, the recognition of colours and turn-taking. Um, and, you know, defining the rhythm of the colour as well. So sometimes I'll put a line of buttons out and we clap, you know, purple, yellow, blue, red or something like that. Um, yeah, and the children just really like it. It's different. Um, it's, it's using something that if they find at home and the parents got a button box or something, then, you know, they can have a go. So, yeah. it's, it's Okay, nice so that's buttons and, and ribbons. Mm. Ribbons. What about ribbons? Mm. Um, so I've just made some really simple rhythms tied to curtain curtain rings, mm -hmm. and uh, like to use those in um, various different activities. But the the main one that I like to use is a little song that I have uh, that's you know uh, based on a maypole dance. Mm -hmm. So we just wave the ribbons around and go skipping around a little pole in the middle of the the room, and yeah, kids really enjoy it. And we make shapes out of the ribbons at the end, and we like to hook the curtain rings on our ears, pretend we're pirates, um, put it on our head and make a nice hairstyle. So, yeah, just discovering a whole lot of creative ways to, to view different objects that we have. If you're starting with um, finding props like buttons and ribbons mm -hmm. and things and you move on to uh, Sylvester the Talking Sock, where, you, what, what, uh, where would you go from there? Where would I go from there? After the sock? After the sock. <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we want to actually perhaps either make something or buy something. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment, I guess. I, I, like to, um, I like to make a lot of my own things. So 
making little caterpillars based on wooden beads. Um, I've got uh, little felt cutout pictures of animals that we sing with a, a, a nice traditional song. Um, and then I've been shopping at all kinds of various places, including Ikea, where I've picked up goodness knows how many little finger puppets that they have in their ranges. And yeah, just lots of songs that I find that, that use all those sorts of little little bits and pieces. But I've got a pretty extensive puppet collection, which um, has probably been growing over the last 15 years or so. So I'm very fortunate I sort of pick one up here and there whenever I visit places. So I've, yeah, got a lot of them. <laughs> now, I really, really like your dragon uh, a song. Yes. <laughs> uh, would, you be, uh, would you be able to sing that for us? Is, is, uh, which, which one are you referring to? I've got two dragon songs. <laughs> okay. Which, well, give me one. Uh, it's the um, dragon, dragon in the sky. Who can he see with his little eye? Animals playing all around. One he sees and flies to the ground. Yep. Is that okay. One? Yep. Now you're walking around with with a dragon, a, a dragon yeah. puppet. Okay. Yep. At this point. Yep. And mm -hmm. what happens then? So what I'm trying to encourage the children to do, well, why I actually hand out one of my puppets to each child so they all have something. And I think if they don't have a puppet, then, you know, a teddy or a toy from home, which mm -hmm. serves just as well, anything that they can operate and, um, and, and make come alive uh, is, is really nice. So I wander around while I'm singing the song and on the part that says one he or she sees and flies to the ground, I'll find somebody to um, interact with. So fly down and talk to that particular child's puppet. Um, and I'm very aware of um, me making eye contact with the puppet, not the child. Um, mm. Getting my puppet, my dragon to talk to the child's puppet. So I'm removing it from the child, so to speak. So we have a conversation with what they have in their hand. And I feel like that's really quite important because um, I, I want them to operate the puppet and to be creative through through the puppet or the toy or whatever it is that they have in their hands. And I find that also really helps with um, confidence. So it's quite daunting, I think, for some of these little children to have this big dragon that sits in front of them and starts talking to them. Whereas I think if I talk to their little friend that they're holding, mm. Um, mm. all of a sudden they feel much more comfortable with that and then it's their little friend that can be scared or happy or, or have a conversation yeah. rather than them. That's such so, a clever yeah. idea. Mm. I really like that one. So, yeah. Now, yeah. The, uh, so some kids, is it, would it be the case that some kids open up a little more with a puppet and other kids are a little bit n nervous about the puppet? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it can sometimes switch. So you have confident children who become really shy um, and then you'll have really shy children who all of a sudden think, wow, this, this, I've, I've, my little cat's got to talk to the, the dragon here, not me. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I, if I have a child who's not responding particularly confidently, um, I'll, I'll try and draw them into a conversation that's really familiar. So my dragon might say, um, oh, hello, little cat. What did you have for breakfast this morning? And, and sometimes when they're really quiet, I'll say, did you have some toast? And all they need to do is make it nod and then that's it. They're, 
they're generally fine after that. Mm, right. So just um, yeah, just some little little things to help the child realise that it's their puppet yeah. that I'm talking to, you know. Um, mm. But then you'll get all kinds of strange things like oh, I'll have a conversation with one of the little pigs and I'll say, what did you have for breakfast? And he might say, uh, sausages. <laughs> <laughs> that coming from the little pig feels a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, okay, uh, great. <laughs> and the hen could have eggs and, you know. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've, we've had a whole lot of really interesting <laughs> ones. So, yeah, it, it, they're, they're, they're quite cute in the response. It's very, very spontaneous. And that's what I'm trying to encourage is them to be creative and spontaneous um, yep. with their puppet. And then I, I do like to, once they're comfortable with that, move around and start singing to their puppets, you know, so and okay. get a little singing conversation going. Uh, now, my last look, my last question is you've, you've taught for some years now also over in the UK. And yep. do you, have you found any difference at all between the way Australian children respond to puppets and English children respond to puppets? Um, not really. I think it's quite universal, really. I think um, uh, it's, it's, I think it's, I, I'm very aware of how I introduce the puppets and I try and give them a character before they, uh, or as they come out of the bag. So mm-hmm. I think that with English children and Australian children, they find that fascinating and they, it, I did one today actually where I had my dragon and I just pop his tail or her tail out of the bag and wobble it and it's sparkly and it's um, brightly coloured and and I had one little boy next to him and his little face was just precious. It, <laughs> the, his mouth actually formed an O, like you could see his eyes were wide and his little mouth was just like a perfect O shape. And and it just, yeah, it, in both countries, they both respond mm. so similar. They're just really taken with the, with the puppets and the character as they come out of the bag, I think. Okay, but I'll bet yeah. Australian teachers make much better puppeteers than English teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a little I, bit I had, naughtier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I had one, one English uh, carer in one of the preschools that I was working with who, who was hilarious. I brought out my owl puppet and I just sat it on my knee and on the inside it has a little handle which you turn and its head turns. And I was looking one direction away from the puppet on my knee and I just turned its head and she was on the other side of me. So I wasn't looking at her. I was looking the opposite direction and, of course, the puppet turned its head and she yes. jumped a mile. <laughs> she, she just I wasn't expecting it. So I think... Um, you know, I think it, it, it grabs all of us, really, doesn't it? It creates an imagination and, 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 and yeah, we're just, it, they're just beautiful. They really are and, and I really enjoy using them. And I love the dramatic side and I love the, um, the way that it, it, it speaks to all children, all of them. It sparks their imagination and, yeah, it really helps with confidence and singing, creativity. It just, yeah, I, I could talk all day <laughs> so, <laughs> well well you shall but but not not continually we're, <laughs> continuously we because we'll, we'll get you back for some more chats about uh, puppets, <laughs> i think firstly we'll we'll, we'll give the uh, the listener a chance to to um go to the website grab the uh the activities and try out some puppet stuff themselves maybe write in some questions um uh email some questions or whatever and and mm-hmm. uh and we can have another chat. Maybe we'll get another puppeteer in as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Tamara. It's been, it is always a great pleasure and it, uh, it's thank wonderful you. to talk to you. Cheers, mate. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. And a very big thank you to the listener. If you have enjoyed today, today's podcast, then please do share, do tell other people, do subscribe and make sure you check out the notes, the, the show notes, because uh, there'll be a link in there to Tamara, a video of Tamara working with a group of teachers doing the dragon routine. And uh, there'll also be today's recipe. And this week it comes from James Morrison. It's chamula chicken on a bed of couscous with chili jam. The kind of thing that James likes to cook for the boys in the band on the road. Leaving you with a quote now from Albert Einstein. If I were not a physicist, I would probably be a musician. I often think in music. I live my daydreams in music. I see my life in terms of music. See you at the next podcast. Keep the music going, guys. Thank you for joining the Music Room podcast with me, Mark Leahy. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at musicroom.net.au. And while you're there, subscribe to future episodes so that you can help us keep the music going. I'd love to invite you to join the free Bushfire Press Community Facebook page too, where you can get more tips and techniques, ask questions and stay abreast of Music Room events. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with teaching colleagues and school parents. If you have a question or a subject you'd like covered on the podcast or have a recommendation for a guest to interview, please contact me at mark at bushfirepress.com. The Music Room Podcast is part of the Experts on Air Podcast Network and is brought to you by Bushfire Press.